Perhaps you noticed this morning there's a theme in the songs we sang and the, in the verses we, joy, joy. We're going to talk about joy today. And, uh, and joy is different than happiness, and we're going to look at, at the differences between them, and we're going to understand that better. We're gonna, so we're really going to talk about joy. Now, I asked this question of our Wednesday night folks, and there's only, I think, one of them in here tonight, or th- this morning, rather. So, <clears throat> so, Jane, you can't answer these, because you don't, you don't remember anyway, right? <laughs> How many times in the New Testament do you think the word happy is? New Testament, Greek, how many times do you think the word happy? Ten. How many times do you think the word joy is in the New Testament? 430. Now, just by the math, do you think God wants us to be happy? Or do you think God wants us to have joy? He wants us to have joy. Joy is so much more than happiness. Happiness is, is, is always exter- external things. It's, uh, for instance, some people are only happy if it's 70 degrees and sunny outside. Some people, it's got to be 75 and sunny. Others may think 35 and snowing. Now, in, in, no matter which it is, two of the three are not happy, right? Happiness is all external. It's all about what happens to us. We can, we can wake up happy, although I don't understand people that wake up happy, I'll be honest with you. But we can wake up happy and then it can be t- taken away from us by a, a, a crossword from a family member or a coworker or a boss. Happiness can go away so quickly. Joy is different. Joy is one of the, the gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These It's one of the gifts of the Spirit. So it's different than happiness. Happiness is all external. Joy is all internal. Joy comes from within us. You know, Jesus talks a lot about joy. And when he talks about joy in the New Testament, he doesn't talk about us feeling joy. He talks about us having joy. What's the difference? Happiness is an emotion. And it can be taken away by a windy day. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is is a gift of the Spirit. It's It's part of our personality. It's part of the DNA of our new birth in Christ. We are a new creation in Christ, and part of that DNA is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self control. These things, joy is one of them, and it's a base personality characteristic of a Christian. We, we know what personality characteristics are. We know that, that we have, each of us have our personality quirks, right? We, uh, we were talking this morning, as, as happens a lot actually, that, that uh, some people have to have the chairs just right. <laughs> yeah, that's me. But that's not a, that, that's, it, joy is like that. It's a personality trait. It's a characteristic of you. It's a characteristic built in the DNA of a newborn Christian. Joy is different than happiness. We're going to see it as we, as we study today. So open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 2. And we're just going to read two verses, verses 10 and 11 of Matthew chapter 2. 
When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling on their their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So, So you can see overwhelmed with joy. So as we get a little further into the study this morning, we're going to talk more about joy. Because joy is not an emotion. Joy is a a characteristic of a Christian. So let's look first at the context. This is the story of the wise men, or the magi, or the three kings, or however, whichever song you want to choose, (laughs) coming to, to find Jesus. And we know this story, but if you just quickly read the verses just prior to what we've read, if you read verses 1 through 9, what you see is that these wise men travel a long ways, and they're, they're looking for the king of the Jews, the one-born king of the Jews. So they, they come to Herod's place. That's the king of Israel at the time, the, the king that the Roman ruler put in place. So they go, they, where you look for a king? In a palace, right? So they went to the palace. And what do they get from Herod and from the scribes? They get, and I love this part of the story because you can look at these characters in this part of the story and you can see people that you know today in these, in these people. They stop and they, and they see Herod. And what, how, it, how does Herod react? He's greatly troubled. He doesn't want there to be a different king than himself. He doesn't want somebody else to be king. He wants to be. So he's greatly troubled at this idea that there's a king been born. And what do the scribes and, 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 uh, and priests do? They, they just say, well, according to Scripture, he's that way. Do they, do they say, follow me? Do they say, I'll go with you? No. No, they stand and say, that way. So do we know people like this? Do you know somebody like Herod that doesn't want there to be somebody else in charge? They want to be in charge. I want to control my own life, and so I'm going to be in charge, like Herod. Or how about the, the, the scribes and the, and the priests? These are the people that say, that, you know, Jesus, that's good for you, but that's not for me. Now, they may even be religious people. These were, the scribes and the priests were, they were the most religious folk possible. But they, they didn't want that Jesus stuff. They're just saying, yeah, Jesus, that, that Jesus thing, that's good for you. But it's not, it's not my thing. Do you know people like that? See, we see the characters in this story in our day today. Now, what about the wise men or magi or or kings, or whatever you want to call them. They went as far as it took to find Jesus. As far as it took. And they followed the sign God gave them. Now, the first thing they do is they come to Herod, and he says, he's greatly troubled. And they go to the scribes and the Pharisees. These people are distractions that the wise men didn't fall for. Because the, the wise men were on a, on a quest. They were on a journey. They were going to find Jesus. And so they stubbornly followed the sign God gave them, the star. 
Now, the, 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 uh, the magi, or, or kings, or wise men, I'm just going to from now on call them wise men, but you all know who we're talking about, right? The wise men were astronomers. So they got a star to follow. God gives us a sign to follow to Jesus that we understand. Something that we know or need will lead us to Jesus. Something we already know or something we know we need will lead us to Jesus. Their sign was a star because they were astronomers. So this, this is the context, the infamous story of the wise men and their journey to find Christ. So what does it tell us about God? It, it tells us about the amazing sovereignty of God. Let me, let me lay this out for you a little bit. Herod fancied himself a Jew. He, he wasn't, but he fancied himself as one. And so he's king of Israel that, that, that the Roman rulers put in place. And Herod, because he fancied himself a Jew, had priests and scribes at his palace. Any other Roman leader would not have even had those guys there. But Herod did. So God's sovereignty is in when he knew exactly when these wise men were going to come. He knew exactly who needed to be in that palace for the wise men to find Jesus. For us to know this story, for us to be able to relate to, to the people that, that don't want there to be another king, to the people that say, yeah, that, that Jesus stuff's fine for you, but it's not for me. We can relate to these people because God's sovereignty put everything in place for this time. Think about the sovereignty that it takes. And I tell you, that same sovereignty is at work in your life. Your life. It tells us that God will use what we know to lead us to Christ. The, the, the wise men were astronomers. They studied stars. Now, I have to ask, is there... A, 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 we were talking earlier this morning, but how many people here would, be, would, would follow a star? I wouldn't. I'd look at it. I'd say, ooh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> like fireworks, you know? I would notice it, but it, but it wouldn't draw me. What drew me, the sign that, that, that I followed, was I'm an avid reader and studier. I, I read and studied Scripture. It led me to Christ. That was my sign because it was something I know and something I needed. What was it in your life that you knew or needed that led you to Christ? That was your sign. That was your star. Theirs was, was literally a star. Yours is probably something else. But God will use what we know and what we need to lead us to see Jesus. And because he knows exactly what we need, it, it tells us about the incredible love he has for us. Because when you start thinking down this road, when you start thinking about what you needed or knew that led you to Jesus, then think about all of the people that were involved in that, that were there at the perfect time for that, that were literally God put in your history to make it happen. That's incredible love, isn't it? 
That's incredible love. And that's an intimacy that God knows us that well. It also tells us that Jesus is God. It tells us Jesus is God because, because right there it says that the wise men saw Jesus and worshipped him. Fell on their knees and worshipped him. That would be blasphemy if he wasn't God. It's not blasphemy because he is God. And that even the gifts they bring him, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but even the gifts they bring him show who they know him to be. Because gold is a gift for kings. Frankincense is a gift for priests. It's used in, the, in, in temple worship. Myrrh is an embalming uh, uh, spice they use for, for bodies. So in their gifts, they are recognizing him as king, as high priest, and as their sacrifice. Just in their gifts. Jesus is God. Fully God. So what's it say about us? You are loved by God. Did you know that you are the target, focus, and purpose of that first Christmas? You are. Jesus was born for you. And the sign that God's giving you is leading you to see him as your king, your high priest, and your sacrifice. You are the target, focus, and purpose of that first Christmas. And God wants us to focus on joy. Joy, not happiness, not a simple emotion that can be taken away from us. Joy, a personality characteristic. I think, uh, Jane and I were talking about this Wednesday night, I think hope is the foundation and I think joy is built directly upon hope. Because when we realize the hope we have in Christ, joy is the response. Joy is so much more than just an emotion that we feel. Joy is found in recognizing Jesus as your king, your high priest, and your sacrifice, and falling on your knees and worshiping him. If you're, you seem to be lacking joy in your life, try worship. Because it will, worship leads us to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us and that will lead us to joy. We get, we get mixed up here and think that joy has to be about how I feel emotionally. It's not. Joy is so much deeper, so much bigger than an emotion we feel. Focus on Jesus. Not on the things that are making you unhappy. Focus on Jesus. And you will find your joy. So what do we need to do? We need to find Jesus. You need to follow the sign, whatever God has given you, to Jesus. I don't know how far your journey has been. I don't know the people that have tried to distract you along the way. Those that don't want there to be another king. Those that, <clears throat> that say, well, that Jesus stuff's fine for them, but not for us. Fine for you, but not for me. Don't let anything dissuade you from finding Jesus. From falling down at his feet and worshiping him 
as your king, your high priest, and your sacrifice. Don't let anything get in the way. We need to find Jesus. We need to follow the sign and get to him. I said earlier, I don't, know, I don't know the journey that you've been on. I don't know what brought you here this morning. But I know the sovereign God wants you to know Jesus. I know this. Without question, I can tell you that you are here to connect with Jesus. Not with me. Not with the songs. Not with anybody else. You are here to connect with Jesus. And if we can get there, if you can focus on him as your king, as your high priest, and as your sacrifice, then you will know joy. Jesus consistently talks in the, in the New Testament about us having joy, and he doesn't talk about us feeling it. He talks about us having it. You know, in, in John 16, 22, he says that we will have sorrow for a while, but then we will have joy, and no one can take your joy from you. We, we act as if our joy can be stolen. No, it can only be given up. It cannot be taken from us. Jesus says so. Our joy is ours, given to us by our king, our high priest, and our sacrifice. And we cannot let somebody, we, we, can't, we can't allow ourselves to give it up to somebody else. Let's look at this, this verse a phrase at a time, when they saw the star, I'll say again, the, the wise men, they were astronomers. They followed the star because that's the sign they were given. I don't know your sign. I don't know what led you to Jesus. But think about it. Think about it today. Think about what got you to Jesus. Think about the love of God that it took to put all the people in, the, in, in your life in the right time in the right place for you to know Jesus. It's incredible when you start thinking about it. The wise men followed the sign God gave them. Not the advice of the guy who doesn't want there to be a king in his life. Not the advice of the one that says, well, that Jesus stuff's okay for you, but not for me. No, they were not dissuaded by anything. They were not dissuaded by the noise around them. They focused on God and found Jesus. If there's any time of year that we need to do that, it's now. Focus on God and find Jesus in Christmas. That's what you, that, that's what you must do to find joy, to find your joy. They were overwhelmed with joy. The word overwhelmed here is the Greek word megos. Now, megos, we use it mega. What's mega mean? Really big, supersized, humongous, huge, mammoth. They had mega joy. And I want you to think about this. They, have me they had mega joy at seeing the star. They haven't seen Jesus yet. They saw the star and had this mega joy. So how much more joy should we have knowing Jesus? We should have a super mega joy, shouldn't we? Mega, mega, super joy, I don't know. 
don't know how many times I, we can add this up. They saw the sign that led them to Jesus and were super joy. We, we know Jesus. We have recognized him. If you are a Christian here today, you have recognized him as your king, your high priest, and your sacrifice. You have recognized who he is and what he's done for you. You have more joy than being overwhelmed with joy. So what's the comfort and challenge of these verses? Well, the comfort, I think, is easy. You are the target, focus, and purpose of that first Christmas. Jesus came for you. He didn't come to die for sin. He came to die for you. Sin doesn't get to go to heaven. You do. He came to pay the price for sin. This first Christmas is, is the beginning, the birth of hope. And what's built upon hope is joy. That's, that it's an easy comfort to understand that Jesus came because you needed him to come. And the challenge? The challenge is to stay focused on God. It's so easy to be dissuaded. It's so easy to be distracted by the noise. The noise of the world, the noise of Christmas. Those that would say, well, I believe in the, I, I understand the, the birth of Jesus and stuff, but I want to be king. Those that would say, well, that Jesus stuff, that's good for you, but it's not for me. We know these people. Don't let them distract you. Don't let the politics distract you. Don't let stuff in the family distract you. Don't let anything distract you because if you clearly focus on Jesus, who he is and what he's done for you, then you will know your joy. You will have your joy. Do you have joy this morning? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider that question. Do you know joy this morning? You can have joy, not happiness, which is too fleeting, which is only mentioned about 10 times in the entire New Testament. Joy that's built upon the hope of Christ. You can have joy this morning. It's as simple as a prayer. It's as simple as saying, God, I, I understand that Jesus came for me. That that first Christmas was about, about Jesus being born for me. So I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I know that I've done things wrong and said things wrong and thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to die in my place for my sin. So I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to infuse me with joy and hope this morning. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know that the birth of hope and the birth of joy happened in you this morning. If you know Christ, can you commit 
to not letting anything take your focus off Jesus so that you know your joy. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Father, for a story that shows us our life. That shows us how hard you have worked to bring us to this day. We thank you for hope and we thank you for joy. Fill us with hope and joy this season. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.